Good morning, everybody. Great to see everybody again. I've missed you, and hey, it's good to be back home again. They ought to write a song like that, hadn't they? But uh, it's really good to be back after an extended time uh, where we caught up on some rest and uh, just going away to get fired up for the fall, and we are fired up. We're excited and uh, revved up about everything that's going on and everything that's going to happen. This was probably the hardest time that I've ever spent away from the church. Every Sunday I was like begging Mel, can we just please go home now? We just really missed you all so much. We knew we really needed to get away and rest and just get down to one full-time job uh, for a few weeks while we rested up. But we got to do a lot of the sites up in Gatlinburg and uh, Pigeon Forge. And man, we live in a beautiful part of the world. Has anybody ever figured that out? It's awesome. So like we went over the mountain to Cherokee, North Carolina and all that kind of fun. We saw places we hadn't been before like Maggie Valley and we went to a really cool city called, what's that North Carolina city we went to where the Biltmore is? Asheville. Yeah, Asheville. That was a cool place. But anyway, it's really good to be home. And I heard that things went like really good while I was gone and that Chris did an amazing job with this series, Olympic Moments, huh? Awesome. I just do want to give a shout out to our, to our team here. Our worship team, I just think, does a great job. Good job, worship team. We love you guys. <laughs> Terrific job. And you know what? Uh, there's one job in the church that, that they're, you know they're doing well when you don't notice they're there. And that's the tech team. And I just really, really appreciate uh, the tech team and that crew back there. They are amazing. I love our hospitality folks, the way they greet you when you come in and love on us when we get here. And the children's ministry here is just fantastic. So I'm just very, very grateful to be a part of it. We are going to finish this series on Olympic moments. And I thought it would be kind of fun to start a little bit lighter. And I want to give you the top four memes that I thought came out of the Olympics. And so we'll start with number absolutely amazing, 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 amazing. All right, so we'll get a little more serious. Now, my favorite Olympic moment, uh, so if you get that uh, video ready, that NBC video, uh, my favorite Olympic moment was uh, one of the preliminary line, uh, rounds of the 5,000-meter race uh, where the girls were racing. And so let's go ahead and uh, show that video. Olympic moments. All right, very good, huh? That was one of my, did you all see that? Did you, did you see that was a great, great Olympic moment? And I'm going to use that moment to talk to us today about a very important subject uh, and just a little advertisement for next week. Uh, we're going to start a new series next week, and um, the Lord kind of gave this to me while I was away. But I, I love the book of Proverbs, and I've never done a series on the book of Proverbs. But when I think about the book of Proverbs, it's like one-liners from God, you know, like it looks like he's got ADHD because he's on one subject and then the next line's the next subject. And, and it kind of dawned on me that Proverbs is kind of like God's Twitter feed. So, so all of these wisdom things are in 140 characters or less. So we're going to start a series next week called God's Twitter Feed, and we're going to look at some great lines from the book of Proverbs for the next six weeks uh, and uh, gain some great wisdom from that. But today I want to talk to you about a formula for finishing well. A formula for finishing well. Abby D'Agostino, uh, when she trips, and, and, and uh, Nikki Hamblin trips, they didn't know each other, by the way. Nikki Hamblin's from New Zealand. Uh, Abby D'Agostino is from the United States. And uh, when they tripped, 
Augustino saw Hamblin laying there, and she walked over, and this is the quote that she said to Hamblin. She said, get up, get up, we have to finish. This is the Olympic Games, we have to finish this. Get up, get up, we have to finish. This is the Olympic Games, we have to finish this. And I want to talk about the importance of finishing today, and not just of finishing but the importance of finishing well. The scripture I want to, I want to use a couple of scriptures. One from Acts chapter 20, verses 23 and 24. It says this, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prisons and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim, this is my goal, is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And then from Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So if I was going to give you a formula for finishing well... The first thing that I would say is that you got to get in the game. Get in the game. And when I say you got to get in the game, everyone is racing for something, but you got to be in the right game. First Corinthians says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. And I want to ask you, are you in the right game? What are you running for? You know, we're in the middle of a, of a race right now, a, a, a political race. And I don't want to burst your bubble today, but, but, but I, I just want to make a little political statement here. That the Republicans or, nor the Democrats have the answer to what ails the world today. Or the libertarians. You know, some people are, it's all about, I, I heard a guy yesterday, he said, I watch NASCAR because it just gets me through to the fall when football starts. And, and that's the race, you know, that, that sports is our race. And, and, and people are putting all of their marbles in, 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 in that basket, you know, that, that, that if my team wins, hey, can I tell you, I hope Tennessee goes undefeated, but every time your sports team will eventually disappoint you. What, what are you in the race for? What, 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 are, what, are, what is the goal of your life? You know, I, I saw an interesting thing the other day where, uh, did, did you hear the story where these, uh, th- this kid, this 10-year-old boy, his name was Willie Myrick, he saw some money on the ground and he went to pick it up and when he did, uh, some kidnappers grabbed the kid, put him in a car. And the kid, the 10-year-old kid, they said, whatever you do, just shut up, sit back there and don't say a word. The kid started singing, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship is to our God. <laughs> every praise, every praise is to our God. Shut up, kid. The kid wouldn't shut up. Three hours into singing the song, they let the kid go. <laughs> they let the kid go. He was singing every praise. The, the, Hezekiah Walker, who wrote and sings that song, Invited the kid to a concert and they got to sing it on the stage together. But, but, but that kid, you know, you guys don't, control, let me just say, ISIS doesn't control the world. You, you know, and all of, all of the, the forces in the world that seem like they're, they're, they're trying to influence, you know, when we were, when we were away, three weeks away, how violating, our first week gone, robbers came into our house. They, they kicked the door of our, of our back door in, at my house. 
and, and amazingly only made off with two televisions on the flat screens. You know, they went through our drawers and everything, made off with two televisions. Um, but I was thinking about it, Mel, and I was just thinking, you know, I, I just imagine those robbers going around the house because, like, they look at one wall and it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, and, and right when they're taking the TV off, I got a little statue of a black Jesus right there, you know. And, and, and you know, I, I just imagine they're like, two TVs, we're gone. All right, we can't take it no more. Those folks don't control the world. You've got to get in the, in the right race. The scripture says, what would it profit a man if, if he gained the whole world and he lost his soul? Can I just tell you, everybody, you know, whatever you're working for, if, if, you're, if you're just working a job to see how much money can, you, you're going to make, at the end of the line, what's it all going to be worth? Are you in the right race? Are you, are you in the kingdom of God? Are you in that which is going to last when everything else fades away? Oh, it's so important if we're going to finish well that we've got to get in the right race. You know, Michael Phelps, we're talking about the Olympics, and Michael Phelps, who, as you know, is just the great swimming champion. And you know, after the last games, you know, he, he got caught smoking pot, and then, he, and then he got a DUI, and he went through a rough spell in his life. And, 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 and the truth is, here's this guy who had all these gold medals. He was contemplating suicide. He's contemplating suicide, and one of his friends, a guy named Ray Lewis, who plays for the Baltimore Ravens, played for the Baltimore Ravens, sends him a book, The Purpose Driven Life, uh, by Rick Warren. Send him the, the Purpose Driven Life. He reads the book. He reconciles with his father. He writes Ray Lewis back and says, this book is crazy, man. It's changing my life. And when, and when Michael Phelps competed in these Olympic Games, everyone talked about how much more centered he was, how much he had purpose in his life. And he said, he said, now I have purpose in my life because I realize there is something that is greater than myself that I am working for. Gold medals won't satisfy it. You've got, uh, let me just ask you this morning, are you in the right game? Are you, are, are you, are you involved in something that's bigger than yourself? The kingdom of God. Get in the right game. The next thing that I would share with you is that we are called to do life together. Do life together. This comes from Ecclesiastes. It says this, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who's all alone without child or brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can, but then he asks himself, what am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure? It's also meaningless and depressing. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. There's an African proverb on the next slide. says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Abby D'Augustino made a friend on the track that day and said, come on, we have to finish this thing. Because of a friend, because of a new friend, she was able to get up and she was able to finish the race together. We were made, ladies and gentlemen, to do life together. You say, I'm an introvert. Introverts need to do life together. You need to find friends to do life together. At Life Church, we believe so much in doing life together that our whole church is simply a church that is made up of small groups. We're not a church with small groups. We're a church of small groups. 
We believe that as our church is growing larger, at the same time we need to be growing smaller. We love that the church grows, and we want to see the church to continue to grow and add services and, 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 and make the celebration greater. But beyond the celebration, there's a group of friends that we need to develop where, where we meet in small groups and we do life together. Three times a year we begin new semesters of small groups and this is the Sunday that we're doing that. In your bulletin you saw six new groups that are opening. Some of them are Bible studies. Some of them, like one of them I'm leading, is called Tennis and Trails where we're going to play tennis together and those that want, don't want to play tennis can walk trails. But we're going to pray together, we're going to eat together, and we're going to share life together. We encourage everyone to, to find friends. If, if you just come to church just to, just to hear a good sermon and sing some songs and, and look at the back of somebody else's head, you're never going to get the full experience that God wanted you to get. We were created. Somebody say amen, somebody, to do life together. You know what I'm talking about? We're created to do it together. We need people to share life with. My brother Paul is here today. He lives in one of the most beautiful spots in America. We all love to go visit my brother Paul because he lives in San Diego. In San Diego, the weather's always perfect. The women are all beautiful and everything's gorgeous. Everything all the time, right? In other words, it's just this idyllic, it's this idyllic uh, uh, place, uh, San Diego. The weather's always great. And I was there in June one time and he was apologized. that said, I'm sorry, in June... The clouds will last till 10 o'clock in the morning. They call it the June gloom. And then they burn off and then they're gone the rest of the day. We're like, shut up. We have like whole seasons where we don't see the sun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <coughs> but, but so he lives in San Diego and, and, and it's beautiful. And, and uh, Paul's been single out there. So, so he's got like a steady trail of people that are coming out to visit him. And he shows around San Diego and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and wonderful. And he is with his fiance from Tennessee today. Congratulations, guys. They just recently got engaged. And I don't know if Paul told you this very explicitly, Susan, but I'm going to tell you what that means that he invited you to do life with him forever. That means he would rather live in Antarctica with you than San Diego without you. In other words, isn't what makes great places great the fact that we get to share it together? Imagine standing in front of Niagara Falls all by yourself. Wow! And you look around and there's no one to share the wow with. We were created to, to do life together. We need people to share life with. Our groups will all have a spiritual component, but groups can be around whatever you like to do in life with others. You're already doing group. You're already eating lunch with people. You're already having breakfast with people. Why not make a small group and share a word together and do what you enjoy doing and add Jesus to it and, uh, and uh, let's do life together. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do life together. No matter how well you're doing in life, though, you will at some point fall. I didn't say if you fall. I said no matter what you're doing in life, you will at some time fall. Fall can, can, it can mean, can, sometimes can be our sin. We fall because of our sin. But sometimes we just get tripped. Sometimes the circumstances of life just trip us up and, and, and at some time in our life we're all going to have a fall. And the, and, and the next part of the formula is don't let your fall be your finish. 
Nikki Hamblin, you got to get up. This is the Olympics. We didn't come here to enter. We came here to finish. You can't let your fall be your finish. And, and the world is full of people who have had falls, who have allowed their fall to be their finish. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't let your fall be your finish. You can't let the thing that tripped you up be the thing that keeps you down forever. All of us, there are no perfect people. There are two kinds of people. There are those who have fallen and those who are faking. Because all of us have fallen. If you don't believe me, believe the Bible who said that all of us have sinned and fallen short. We all fall short of, the, of, the, of God's glorious standards, Romans 3.23. But I love what the prophet Micah says. He says, don't gloat over me, my enemy. Though I fall, I shall arise. I may be down right now, but it's not going to last forever. This fall is not going to be my finish. It's not going to end. It's not going to end on this track like this. I'm going to finish the race. Do not let your fall be your finish. Some of you don't know this, but I am, I am a runner. You can tell just by looking. I'm sure. Is the next... Go to the next slide. Uh, that's not it. That's me. There, see right there. That's me running in the Marine Corps Marathon. In 2009, I'm running. Uh, I don't know what mile I'm on there, but I'm still breathing. Uh, but that's 26.2 miles uh, that, that I'm running. But the reason that I was able to run 26 miles, because the truth of the matter is I don't like running much, is I have a friend. And my friend's name is Andy. And he was one of my dearest friends back at my last church. And, and he knew I was working at getting in shape. And he said, come on and run with me. So we would go out on these runs. And then they got longer. And then they got longer. And then he said, let's train for, in Nashville, Tennessee, they're going to have the country music marathon and let's do this half marathon together so we trained for a half marathon the first thing i did was a half marathon on that particular day in nashville if you've ever run in nashville there are no flat streets in nashville it's all it's all it's all hills and uh you've run it haven't you Paul? my brother paul's running that marathon he and i are obviously look like athletic runners it's very obvious we are in the heavyweight division of the of the of the uh track and field. It's a rarely known division. People don't know about it, but it, it actually exists. Our motto is start slow and then back off. <laughs> uh, so we are, um, I'm running in this race and it's one of the hottest days. It was a fall day, but it was just one of those days and unusually like 95 degrees and I'm running 13 miles and trying to keep enough water in me. And I get a half a mile, so a, a half marathon is 13.1 miles, so I'm like 12.5 miles. I'm crossing this bridge, I can see the finish line, and something happened that has never happened to me before. My calf became like a stone. It just cramped up and became harder than a rock, and I was in searing pain, and I went down, where, and I could see the finish line. And I was crying. I mean, there, there's a lot of emotion when you're, when you're running that far. But, you know, tears are coming to my eyes. And I didn't know Andy that well yet. We had just recently started training. He was a new guy in our church. 
And he's kind of a man's man kind of guy. But he says, all right, Phil, give me your calf. And he takes my calf and he just starts working his, his hands in it and, and loosens it up, helps me up, and I was able to finish uh, that half marathon. But I did it because I had a friend with me who helped me when I had fallen and we finished that race together. Somebody here this morning, this is the only point you need to hear today. Don't let your fall be your finish. There are some people here that the devil has worked you over, saying to you it's over because of some kind of slip, some kind of fall, something that's gone on in your life. And the truth of the matter is, if everyone in this room were honest today, every one of us have fallen. And the winners in life are those who are able to get up after a fall and say, my fall is not going to be my finish. I'm going to finish. Abby D'Augustino, get up, girl. We've got to finish this race. This is the Olympics. This isn't the grade school race. This is the Olympics, and we came here to finish. You know, there's no participation awards in the kingdom of God. The reward goes to the finishers. He who endures to the end will be saved. The interesting thing about this, this Olympic moment to me is that after Abby Augustino helps Hamblin up, it ends up that her injury is worse than Hamblin's. And so when she starts running, immediately her knee buckles and she has torn an ACL. She tore her ACL, and, um, and the next point, if you're taking notes, is you need to help those who have helped you. So, so when Hamblin, who has been helped by Augustino, sees what happens, she comes over and helps Augustino get up. And she runs over four laps on a torn ACL. Any doctor who would have come on the track would have said, your race is over. But because it was the Olympics and she was determined to finish, she finished uh, the race. We've got to help those uh, who have helped us. So when it comes to joining a small group, maybe you say, I don't need a small group. You know, I'm, I'm up, I'm running, I'm doing good. There's other people here that need you. All of us need each other, and it's not just about what we can get, but it's about what we can give. But finally, I just want to say that it's not just about, it's not just a warm and fuzzy story of two girls helping each other. This is really a story, go to the next slide, it's all about the finish. It's all about the finish. You've got to finish uh, what you started. Next slide, if you would. Uh, uh, Augustino, Augustino and Hamblin embrace each other at the finish line and uh, go to the next picture if you can is there, is there a picture of them embracing at the finish line no. oh okay it disappeared sorry so it's all about the finish there's no participation where uh, Abby says it's a miracle she said all I know is I prayed my way 
through the last four and a half laps, my knees were like jelly. And as soon as I tried to pick it up, it would start buckling. I've never done anything like that in my life, she said. She ran through the pain, praying for the last four laps. Philippians three thirteen and 14 says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Philippians three thirteen and 14. I have a video to end here with, and uh, I understand that Chris used it on the first Sunday, so it's kind of a good wrap-in tie-in. This is another Helping in a Fall video that happens with a runner named Derek Redman, uh, and I'll just let you watch the video and let it speak for itself. I want <clears throat> to wrap up here <clears throat> by just saying, It doesn't matter how fast you finish. The Bible says the race is not to the swift. But it is important that you finish. I brought a picture here of the end of 26.2 miles. This is my medal. In the Olympics, the top three places get medals. But in a marathon, all the finishers get a medal. So that was my medal. I'm really proud of the fact I just looked it up this morning. It's still on the internet. I'm still viral on the internet for my finish there because I finished 18,678. <laughs> Number 18,000. Hey, there were 30,000 runners, I'll have you know, ladies and gentlemen. 18,678. What you see here, and this touches me probably more than anything, it has my finishing time, which I'm very proud of. My goal was six hours. I finished it in five hours and 50 minutes, 10 minutes early. What touches me is this picture right here because it's me and my friend, Andy. What touches me about that is Andy could have finished an hour earlier. But he went slower so we could finish together. It was more important, it was more important that we have that experience together and run it than just what time we got. So that's my claim to fame, 18,000. I wonder what my number will be in heaven. I don't care as long as I finish. And I want to finish well. And I want to get in the game. I want to be in the right game. And I'm going to find some folks that I can do life together with. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to let my fall be my finish. Help those who've helped me. And I'm going to remember, it is all about the finish. It's all about the finish. I'm going to ask us to pray this morning, and um, I'm not going to invite you to the finish line. I'm going to just invite you to start. I'm just going to invite you to take a next step.
So maybe you're today and you just say, you know what, I just want to be in the right game. I just, I just want my life to count. I, at the end of the day, to me what hell is, it's the unfinished race. It's the race where, where, where we dropped out. We didn't get to be eternally together with God. I want to be in the right game. I want to be in the game that matters. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. So let's pray together right now. and With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to just pray a prayer for us. Lord Jesus, this morning we just confess, Lord, that we have fallen and Lord, we just confess that we can't get up by ourselves and we need you. And just like Derek Redmond's father came out of the stands to help him cross the finish line, we know, Lord, that when we couldn't get up, you came out of the stands and you took it for us. You did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And so today, Lord Jesus, we just invite you into our hearts and we begin this race with you, Lord. Say today, Lord, that we want to give you our hearts we're sorry lord for our sins but let today lord be a new day as we get up lord and we begin to run this race with every head still bowed and every eye closed if that's you in this room today that's just praying that prayer with me would you just raise your hands to say yes that's me amen praise the lord praise the lord amen and maybe there's some here that just say, I want to get up again. I just want to get up again and start running again. Something in life, there's been some circumstances that have tripped me up. Maybe it was my own sin. Maybe, a, maybe I've been a victim of circumstances beyond my control. But I want to finish this race. And if that's you, if you'd raise your hand today right now. Thank you. Amen. Amen. We thank you, God, for this day and what you've done. We thank you for these starts. We thank you for these new small groups that are starting. We ask in Jesus' name that you would let this semester, Lord, be one of great spiritual growth as we connect with one another, as we protect each other, Lord, and as we grow spiritually together. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Can we just thank Jesus for getting out of the stands and helping us cross the finish line? Amen. Lead us in a song, team. Go ahead.